is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. We put the R&B in RBBC. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. All right, welcome to the show. This is Running Backs Preview Part 1. Part 2 will be tomorrow. We'll dig through the first, I don't know, three rounds or so of ADP today. Maybe about 15, 16 running backs. Okay, last year was a great year for running backs, guys. I'm a little nervous this year. I don't know. What, do you, what are you feeling right now about the running back position? I'm feeling like it's starting to thin out over the stretch of the tiers. You're seeing those running backs that are rookies start to push up a little bit more. And everybody that doesn't seem like a slam dunk to be an every down back or a, a most of the time back. You know what I'm saying? Like the guys that are going to have a 60-40 type split, I think you're going to start seeing them slide down a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like I think slide down is the right term. The running back position is kind of pear-shaped. And it's kind of thin at the top. There's not a lot of running back ones. But then you get to the bottom and it just balloons. And there's like 40 running back threes. Jamie, how you feeling about running backs this year? I hate them. <laughs> it's just... gonna be the same like every year. There's gonna be, you know, a handful, half a dozen to a dozen guys that are gonna be great. And then you're gonna be getting pockets of guys that have some very good performances and some inconsistent full seasons. Yeah. Well, alright, we're gonna really break it down, get into it here. I have a Twitter poll asking people in a half PPR league, who would be your number one overall pick, your favorite running back or your favorite wide receiver? I thought the answer was pretty revealing. Uh, but first, are you hiring? Because with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. Great offer for you. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. Still a little under the weather. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm getting there. By tomorrow, I should be fine. Sorry about the voice. Um, we're, so we'll go through ADP. Probably just the first three rounds or so. Tomorrow we'll finish whatever we don't get to. I was trying to put in perspective how valuable David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell are this year. And obviously Ezekiel Elliott would be in this conversation. But as of now, on August 15th, he's facing a six-game suspension. We've talked a lot about him. These previews, these position previews tend to be sort of evergreen shows. So I don't want to spend too much time on Zeke and how long he'll be suspended. People will go back and listen and things may have changed by then. Um, But we'll, of course, cover it. But instead of, I think, looking at maybe how valuable Johnson and Bell are compared to Antonio Brown or Julio Jones or Beckham, maybe it's worth comparing those two guys with the rest of the running backs because they just feel like they're on a completely different level And as long as they stay healthy, which is a concern because they both got hurt last year and Bell has ended three seasons in a row injured. But... Uh, are they clearly, those two guys, the most valuable players in fantasy this year? I think so. If they play 16 games each, absolutely. I think you can't think about it as, are they going to play 16 games each? Because you're not going to know that when you draft them. You know what their potential is when you draft them. You know what their consistency is when you draft them. I, I think it just, knowing what we just said about the running back position, Jamie just said he hates them. He oh, just called them a pair. <laughs> it, it's not, it's, it's deep, but it's not deep in great talent. It's starting to fall off a little bit. And so that tippy top of the entire position, those two guys are super valuable because the expectations are high and I think the expectations can be met with them. And that's why, uh, they're, you know, those big shiny diamonds at the top. I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's deep. It's just not deep with guys like that, but right. I think it's very deep in terms of there's going to be plenty of opportunity for guys to emerge as potentially quality starters, like I said, for a good stretch of the season, whether it's somebody like Rodgers, Jacquez Rodgers, or Darren McFadden. Terrence West is going to have some very good moments. Rob Kelly's going to have a lot of good moments. I think Kareem Hunt or Jamal Williams have a lot of good moments. So it, it's it's certainly deep enough, like, to, to I think what Heath was getting at, you can get guys later in your draft that are going to have a big impact on your fantasy team, but it's not going to be guys like David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, which is probably what you're getting at, Dave, that they're going to be there for 16 games and have that opportunity. So what, what made Jordan Howard 
great last year because at this time last year, Adam, we weren't really talking about Jordan Howard as a guy that you've got to draft and put on your bench and, you know, just wait and be patient. He's going to get his opportunity. We didn't know he was going to get that opportunity so soon, but when he got it, he took off with it. So over the course of this conversation, and this is probably something more for tomorrow than today, we should highlight those running backs who, if they got that opportunity mm-hmm. to be an every down running back, they would thrive right. because those are the guys I think that should take precedence over those other running backs that will still share. You know, you, you take the running back situation in Seattle. Eddie Lacy becomes an astronaut. He goes off to the moon. Thomas Rawls is still going to share. He'll be good. He'll be better without Lacy taking touchdowns away, but he still has to share. We should find those running backs and really highlight those who wouldn't share if the situation played out for them like it did for Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi last year. Right. Well, the rookie running backs, I mean, this is a great crop of rookie running backs. It has added to the depth of uh, of the running back pool. But at the same time, it does usually take rookie running backs a little while to get, you know, feature back carries. Le'Veon Bell was an exception. He didn't play his first three games. That he immediately got 16 carries. Todd Gurley, basically one game after coming back from the ACL, he had six carries, and then he had 19 or more the rest of the way. But I looked recently, Jeremy Hill's rookie season. Even Bishop Sankey, who was a second-round pick that same year, he had six, two, ten, six, and eight carries in his first five games. David Johnson had 35 carries in his first 11 games. Um, Todd, uh, Amir Abdullah, okay, he led the team in carries, but never really got turned loose. He had 21 carries in his first three weeks. So those rookie running backs are really exciting based on recent history. Might take some or all of them a while to, to get real feature work, but we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll definitely get into that. Um, I had been saying, now look, I'm a little nervous about running backs because I think there are just a lot of question marks about these guys. They get hurt sometimes. Devontae Freeman's got Tevin Coleman. DeMarco Murray's got Derrick Henry. Jay Ajayi looks... Uh, I, I know some people love Jay Ajayi, Dave maybe not as much, but he reminds me a little bit of Todd Gurley just statistically where like he had a lot of bad games last year and three amazing games, maybe four amazing games. So they're question marks. However, I have been saying that this really feels like a deep year at, at running back. Uh, Jamie, I think you were kind of talking about that. You get to the middle round picks and you have guys like C.J. Anderson, Bilal Powell, Mike Gillisley. Uh, maybe some of the rookies are falling, Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram, depending on which ADP you're looking at. Uh, do you feel like uh, this is a good year for the mid-round running backs, better than what we usually have? You know, I, I don't know if that's the case. I think we're just at a point now over the last couple of years where you're not reaching for these guys early like you probably did in years past. Mm. You know, so they're falling to a spot where you were to say, like, Obviously, Mike Gillespie's hard to hard to peg because it's New England. But if you were just to say like he's stepping into Blunt's role, that would be a guy that's going to go in the first three rounds. If Carlos Hyde didn't have the question marks, so just coming off the year that he had, he'd be going in the first three rounds. I think if Marshawn Lynch had played last year and didn't have the uncertainty, he'd be going in the first three rounds. You're just going to see these guys. I know Lynch is probably not the right example because of his ADP, but um, you're going to see these guys get pushed down a little bit because if you don't get Johnson, Bell, McCoy, Gordon, uh, Freeman. And then that next group, you know, like he said, I, I think it was either yesterday's show, the day, the, the show before that, you know, the, the fear of that second round running back group of Howard and, I know you didn't say Murray, but, but Howard and Murray and Najai and, right. and Fournette and Gurley. Um, it, it's, it's really, once you get past those guys, there's, okay, do I, do I want to take Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook or McCaffrey early? Do I want to risk that that situation and that's why those guys are getting pushed down uh, the situation of Gillis excuse me it, 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 those guys are getting pushed down and then it's just okay I need running backs so this is the group that I'm picking from and when you're done it's like oh, well okay this guy's got a chance Hyde's got a chance mm-hmm. Ingram's got a chance uh Abdullah's got a chance Powell's got a chance you know and and they all have an opportunity if you have great receivers around them a quarterback or tight end it, it ends up shaping your team a little bit better so I think that's just the way we're seeing people draft based on ADP based on our drafts as well all right, Heath, what's your take on on the running back pool? I know you're the Nips guy, no intentional positional strategy, but Appreciate hey, that. give me Thank something. You. Give me something other than your Nips uh, about running backs. Well, I mean, I I do kind of have a running back strategy. If I have a one of the first two picks, I take David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell. If I'm at the back of the draft, I try to take one of those guys. I kind of feel like there's another tier though, because you got Freeman, you've got McCoy. Murray, Ajay, Gordon, Gurley, Howard, however you want to put those guys. And then after those top nine, I know some people feel a lot more comfortable with Leonard Fournette than I do. Isaiah Crowell has a lot 
of reason to think things go well, but he's still likely on a four-win team. Lamar Miller looked gross. Like, it's just nothing but question marks from that point forward. And then where it gets interesting is I look at my rankings and you get into the 30s, and it's a lot of guys that might actually get 15 carries a game, but we spent the whole summer speculating that they were going to lose out to a rookie running back. And now they're the number one running back. Spencer Ware, Rob Kelly, even Jonathan Stewart is going to lose a lot of touches. But I'd still guess he's going to get a fair share of the runs that he got last year. Doug Martin, Bilal Powell maybe. I mean, it's it does feel deeper. Right. But, but that that's kind of what I mean by like the the, the pockets. you got to understand with your team that even if you come out of your draft with a Powell, with a Gore, with a Blunt, with – um, that's bad choice of words. With Legarrette Blunt, with a um, you may have screwed up your draft if you did that. Yeah. Probably. Um, you know, with with these these that group of guys, just know that okay, this player, I don't know when it's gonna happen. Maybe it's early in the year with the older guys. Maybe it's later in the year with the the rookies like like Hunt or or Jamal Williams or you know somebody else. But there's gonna be a stretch where this is gonna be my starter. Yep. And I'm okay with that. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope they're great for 10-plus games. But maybe Jonathan Stewart is, is good for the beginning part until McCaffrey gets his bearings, right, and is not just the third down back. Maybe it's, um, you know, Jeremy Hill in the early part of the season until they decide to turn Joe Mixon loose. You know, it, it's just those type of uh, scenarios where it may not be comfortable to you, but just know that your team is probably going to be okay, like when Martin is not suspended or prior to that, Jock was Rogers when he's starting. You can get by with that, and and – and you know, anybody who's been playing fantasy football for more than a year knows that there's going to be guys available to you. It's going to be a Robert Turbin or a Marlon Mack. It's going to be a Tim Hightower or a Joe Williams or a Matt Breida. There's going to be a stretch maybe where Alvin Kamara is, is relevant or D'Angelo Henderson or Don, uh, Deontay Foreman. These guys are going to have opportunities. It's, it's hard to say who it's going to be, but there's going to be situations where just plan to be aggressive on the waiver wire because it could help you tremendously, tremendously – your draft is, you're not tied to your draft. Do not be tied to your draft when you finish drafting your team. That's not the way your team is going to look come the end of the season. So let me ask you, Dave, uh, based on what we've been saying here, does this sort of feel like a year where if you don't feel comfortable with a second or third round running back, and I will ask you guys individually as we go through average draft position, which ones you feel comfortable with and which ones you don't, but there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of division on, on guys like Ajayi and Crowell and Lamar Miller and Gurley. Some people really like them, some people don't. If you don't feel comfortable, don't reach because you can get opportunities much later in the draft, uh, with running backs. You might have to take more later in the draft to cover yourself, to cover your bases, but don't reach in the second or third round. Does that make sense? Well, I, first I think it just makes sense to take a lot of running backs no matter what you do at the beginning of your draft. Fill up the, fill up that bench with lots of running backs because you want to take as many chances as you can on finding that rusher who could be great for your fantasy team or a trade chip during the year. Sure. That, that's just, that's just smart strategy no matter what your strategy is, whether you're Heath Snips or you're zero RB or, or you're whatever. To walk out of the draft like with Jamie with a blunt. <laughs> I, blunt. I think. I I think that you can pass on a running back in round two pretty easily because there's enough at the other positions where you'll feel comfortable with the players that are there. But if you do that in round two and round three, especially if it's early round three, that means you're picking late in round four. I don't know if you're going to like what's left at well, running back. But you'll yeah. have you'll have Johnson or Bell perhaps, and then you sure. you pass well, on rounds two. Well, and hold three. on. What if you're picking fourth or fifth, and you get a receiver in round one? You say you start with three receivers. Your receivers are loaded. That would be awesome in a PPR. Mm-hmm. But by round four, what are the running backs that you're looking at? All right, for? so I just did this. I did yeah. this in a three-receiver standard scoring league, and my running backs, uh, I only have to start two. I can start up to four in a standard scoring three-receiver league. My running backs are Mike Gillisley, Amir Abdullah, Paul Perkins, Darren McFadden, and some others. Is that okay with you? Obviously, I have good receivers. You're fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Why is he fine? Because look, tell us who your receivers are. Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, DeAndre Hopkins, and I have yeah, Jimmy Graham. Those guys are going to score a lot of points. You just got a pick meal of running backs. Exactly. You you have a, a great situation where 
there there should be two guys that get you through six games. At what six games, I don't know. But two guys should get you through six games. Another guy's going to get you through three or four games. And then you're certainly going to play the waiver wire aggressively because you assumingly pay attention to the league. So, right. That's yeah. the strategy that you fall into right. when you yeah. do that. And you might have to do that anyway. If you take a Jai in round two and he ends up getting concussed. Well, I'll one, give you an example. I, I, you're in I, trouble. You, you, you guys know I do a lot of mock drafts with users. I did one last night. And, again, just toying with uh, – uh, Ezekiel Elliott and, and his draft position. Pick third, took Antonio Brown, round two, took Ezekiel Elliott, and then I went Doug Baldwin round three, uh, Jordan Reed, no, I'm sorry, Doug Baldwin round three, Allen Robinson round four, Jordan Reed round five, and I just, I, I put that on Twitter. Here's my first five picks, yay or nay? Overwhelming response, nay. Can you repeat them, please? Sure. Antonio Brown round one, uh-huh. Ezekiel Elliott round two, Doug Baldwin round three, Allen Robinson round four, Jordan Reed round five. So got my two receivers in a flex, tight end, and one running back for at some point in the season. It's essentially like when you're drafting Elliott at this point. If he's the only running back, you're going zero RB to a certain extent. But um, so, I, I, again, I posted that on Twitter, yay or nay, overwhelmingly nay. Then it was, okay, I, and, and a lot of I want to see what you do at running back. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to. Whatever guys are at the top of my rank list, I'm just going to take Yeah, them. right. Frank Gore was first. Ugh. Garrett Blunt was second. Disgusting. Um, so now that that's my two starters to open the season. Nobody wants to have that. But again, it's you got – It's not bad. I, I, I agree with you, Keith. It, yeah. it's, it's when you take the step back from it and you look at it and you say, okay, I have two guys that should get me through the first few weeks. The hope is, and this is what you're banking on, that Brown is who he is, Antonio Brown, Doug Baldwin and Allen Robinson – Hopefully have years that replicate what could be their best performances. Jordan Reed is healthy. Now put in Greg Olson or Jimmy Graham, whoever you want to put in to be safer. And then you get until whenever Elliott is back, you're in good shape. But it's, it, take Elliott out of the equation. It's, it's the, the pockets. You know, just understand that this is a position where unless you get the best of the best or get lucky and get somebody who could be one of the best, you're going to have to be a little bit flexible with how you use your team okay. and build your team or, or, or uh, start your, your team. So hearing that team, it just it, it doesn't vibe with how I typically draft. I'm not saying that it's wrong by any stretch because you've got your three quality receivers. You have Ezekiel Elliott on top of going zero RB. So, I mean, it's like zero RB plus, plus, plus. Sure, because I, you've got I, Ezekiel I, I'll Elliott. give you an example. Fournette was on the board. So if, if I had taken Fournette. Would it have been any better? I don't know if it would have been that right. much better. But that's right. the point. Right. It, it, is there's a guy that's that's hopefully there for 16 games by well, comparison so now to he's a guy dealing with an injury for too. for 10 games. But it, it's the same theory. It's okay taking one guy who should hopefully be top 12. We all have Fournette or Elliott ranked around our top 12, mm-hmm. and the hope would be that you have a number one guy plus extra. Yeah. This is a personal decision that people are going to have to make, Adam. Oh, everybody's making it. It's not a. It, it, but some people heard your team and they went, "Wow, I love that." And some people heard well, your team and they went, "Ew, that's gross. I don't again, want to do that." And if you heard that it's gross and you don't like it, then I think the focus should be on running back early but, on for you. But after I posted the whole team and it was uh, Ooh, the running backs Gore it up and Gore, Blunt, Blunt, Kareem Hunt, and Jock was Rogers. I, I I was planning on taking McFadden in the round I took Rogers. He went right before, so. I have a group, like I said, that will get me through mm-hmm. hopefully the first eight weeks, if that's what it takes to get to Elliott. And Heath, you, you made the same comment about my uh, team in the flex draft, which is the draft that Adam was referencing, that I may not be good the beginning part of the season, but I have a team that can win a championship. And that's the type of team that you, you win a championship. And the point would be, Adam, I know you're trying to wrap us up, but if you have good receivers, tight end, quarterback – you still have an opportunity to get that position settled in terms of running back yeah. because, again, there are going to be guys that emerge. Yeah. It's just the nature of the position. And that's why that's why when I find myself in round two or round three and I'm just not loving that pick at running back, I often err on the side of caution and don't take that pick at running back. But I will, I'm interested to know who you guys like and who you don't at their average draft positions, and we will get into that in just a second. Um, I asked on, on Twitter, who's your number one overall pick in a half PPR league? About 1,600 votes from last night. My favorite running back, 72%. My favorite wide receiver, 28%. If I had asked this question last year, I, I have a feeling it would have been flipped. 
But <laughs> David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott had such great years last year. And now people are back on the running backs. And David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell caught so many passes. Johnson caught, I think, 80 passes. Bell was on pace for even more than that. He had 75 catches in 12 games. Uh, and yeah, Johnson caught 80, 80 passes in 16 games. So I've, I've decided not to microanalyze it or whatever. That's probably not the right word. Overanalyze it and just take those guys one and two in standard in half PPR. Uh, are you, and what about in PPR? Who are your first two picks in PPR? Same. Yep. Johnson and Bell? Yep. Yeah. They just have such an edge over the entire position. It is, it is really staggering. So even in PPR, we're taking those guys one and two. Um, does your running back strategy change in PPR leagues, in three receiver leagues? I, you know, it, it's obviously you're going to get even more value later, but can you zig when others zag and, and load up at running back? Like what, what about PPR leagues? What about three receiver leagues? Tell me if your strategy changes at running back. It only changes if, if everyone else's does for me. And there have been some PPR drafts where I've gone running back, running back because people have just gone crazy on wide receivers after those first two running backs. And I don't mind that, especially if it's toward the end and you happen to get Devontae Freeman and LaShawn McCoy, who I both think are going to catch a ton of passes at that one-two turn. That's then a I great, think it's great. That's an amazing combo to get now. Okay. I have found that at, at the back end, it's it's it might be a little bit better to go running back, running back than receiver, receiver. I don't like receiver, receiver in the final three picks. Because I, I very much. How come? I don't. I'm not getting one of the four or five elite wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be bad at running back or questionable at running back, like we've just been talking about for for quite a while. But I also don't feel great about my wide receivers. This is such you a good year. You also might not like what's left in round three if you do that. Well, I don't. Ca- it, that's true. Three. But I don't like. I don't mind starting receiver, receiver, receiver. From early in the draft, when I'm starting off with Julio or Antonio or Beckham or AJ Green, who I think is right there, and then I have three receivers, I'm fine with that. But yeah. if my first two receivers are Jordy and Dez, or Dez and Baldwin, or Dez and Hilton, and then I get to the end of the third and have to take somebody like Alshon Jeffrey as my third receiver because all the running backs are crap, then I'm bad at running back, and I my my receivers are good. But I don't feel as certain. It's such a good year to go running back receiver with your first two picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? but I, I think just the, the the thing at the end of the draft, and this was, you know, again, the, the the flex draft that we just did, Adam. So take away Ezekiel Elliott, and let's say it was, I think Jordan Howard was still on the board, or, or Jai, whoever you want to put in that spot. So I went for and the, more so standard than PPR. PPR, I'd prefer to go one and one or two receivers at that spot. But the receivers that are available to you in that three four turn are so much better and so much more solidified than the running backs at the 3-4 turn Right. that it almost lends itself to if you can get one of McCoy, Gordon, Freeman at the back end of round one and then maybe two of those guys or Howard, Ajayi, Zeke, whoever you want to throw in there, it kind of sets you up to where, okay, you're, you're, you're good at that spot and then you still should be good at the other spot too. Yeah, but three four turn is also where a lot of people are going to look at quarterback and tight end, depending on who falls there. But but yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely see your point. It just I still think running backs. I think a lot of people feel like running backs are so risky. Starting my team with two running backs, it scares me a little bit. You know, like let's talk about that. Jamie's saying end of end of round one if you have a late pick, running back, running back's not a bad idea. As a general rule, like there was no chance I was going running back, running back last year because 2015 was a disaster. At running back. And 2016 was so good. I just want to put this in perspective. Um, 13 rushing touchdowns is obviously a ton for a running back. In 2011, 12, 13, 14, and 15, we had two players combined that had more than 13 uh, rushing touchdowns. Last year, we had three. More than the previous five years combined. Blunt, Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, It was just... It was just an amazing year for running backs. LaShawn McCoy ha- had one of his best seasons ever. You look at the year before, like if LaShawn McCoy uh, had his 2015 season in 2016, he would have been, I think, the number eight running back in standard, number 10 in PPR. So uh, just these guys really overachieved, I think, to a degree. And I just don't think I'd start running back, running back. Jamie's okay with it. Heath, Dave, how do you feel about it? I am okay with it in very limited circumstances. I don't really want to do it. But if that's the way the draft falls, that's the way the draft falls. Who are my two running backs? Am I am I going to 
force myself to take DeMarco Murray and Jay Ajayi at the end of round one, no. beginning of round two? No. No that, chance. That, if, well, but if the, that's the thing. If those are your choices, no, then, then you're then not. Then AJ Green or Mike Evans is falling. Right. Okay, you're, you're not doing it in that regard. If it I, has to be, it has to be. I think one of yeah, for name me, the running backs: McCoy, Gordon, Freeman. One of those three. Would you put Murray in there too? No. Okay. I'm I would, sorry. I'm sorry to to, to do it twice three. to go running back, running back, where you get one of the three. Yes, I'm sorry. Plus yeah. Murray, yeah. It, it's got to be one of those three as the one. Mm-hmm. And then one of for, no, I, I'm sorry, I would not do it, with Murray. For me, you would it would do be, it with the It would be a Jai Howard, and depending on where Zeke. Oh yeah, Howard should be up. in there for sure. I think there's five running backs where if one of the three, like Jamie said, Gordon McCoy Freeman, whatever order it is, one of those guys, and then another one from those three plus Howard Murray, and you could throw a Jai in there if you're bullish on a Jai like Jamie is. Okay. Yeah, and I would have to say actually thinking about this. If I'm in like a three receiver PPR league, I don't think it's out of the question that, that, uh, Melvin Gordon and Devontae Freeman are available at 12 and 13. And I would do that in a second. And I don't, I certainly don't think it'd be out of the question that they're available at 10 and 11 in a 10 team league. And I definitely think I'd consider that. Well, I, I, let, let me just give you an example of what I, what I was talking about. So just to reference that, the same draft, Adam. So I picked 10th. I took Devontae Freeman at 10. We know what I did with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So put, I'll, I'll let you decide, Heath. J.J. or DeMarco Murray in the second round? Uh, DeMarco. Okay, so DeMarco Murray. So it's Devontae Freeman, DeMarco Murray as, as my first two guys. And then at the 3-4 turn, I took Terrell Pryor and Michael Crabtree. Pryor, I think we all kind of like in the same range. The other receivers available where I took Crabtree or Alshon, it, just in order. Alshon, Crowder, uh, Diggs, Tyreek Hill. I, I would still take Crabtree, so I don't know if anybody feels differently, but yeah. let's just use that for the example. So those two running backs and those two receivers. Here's the difference if I would have taken running back receiver and then uh the same combination. So if I would have gone Freeman and Hilton who was available and that's the receiver I would have taken. So Freeman and Hilton, is that better? Freeman Hilton prior Gillespie. Was Montgomery there like? in the fourth? Huh? Was Montgomery there in the fourth? Was Montgomery there in the fourth? Uh yes. Don't see him. Yes. Yeah. He was. So he was. it could have been Freeman yes. Montgomery Hilton Pryor? Or Crabtree, Freeman Montgomery yeah. Hilton Pryor. Yeah. Which do you like better? Freeman Montgomery Hilton Pryor or Freeman Murray Pryor Crabtree? Is that what you said? Yep. Probably the, the running back running back. Yep. See that's that's the thing. It's the receivers I think that you find at the three four turn are better than the running backs you find at the three four turn. Okay. Alright, so I guess be open-minded. Sure. All right, uh, fill in the blank. Before we do fill in the blank, I do want to just tell you guys about um, all of our podcasts. We are rebranded, relaunched new podcasts. They are awesome. We're covering every sport. We've got a wrestling podcast called In This Corner. We've got a college football podcast, the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. We've got a real insider on that show. It's great. Uh, we've got a new NFL podcast called The Pick 6 Podcast with Nick Costos, Will Brinson, Jason Lockenfora, and Pete Prisco. Fantasy baseball, fantasy football, we got a lot of stuff. So if you want the full listing, go to cbssports.com slash podcast. I know you all listen to a lot of podcasts. This is, we, we're really trying to be like your hub of sports podcasting. cbssports.com slash podcast. Let's fill in the blank. Out of $100, I would spend blank on David Johnson. 33. Higher. I'll, 34. <laughs> uh, I think I'm with Heath, 33. Out of $100, I would spend blank on Devontae Freeman. 25. Uh, 23. I will say 26. I I, I want to have these running backs. Out of $100, I would spend blank on C.J. Anderson. I'll go... I'm starting to warm up to him a little bit. I'll say 7 bucks. 8. 7. Okay. He my, gets C.J. Anderson. My favorite sleeper running back is blank. Favorite sleeper running back? Um, I don't know. Jamal Williams. I'll say, does Spencer Ware count? No, his ADP is in the no. fourth round. Does, then I'll say, does, can I count Frank Gore? Sure. Okay, yeah. Frank Gore. I'll say Joe Williams. Young, for now. Young up and coming Frank Gore. Yep. <laughs> well, he's, he's old, so that's why he's sleeping. 
Uh, <laughs> <Frank> Gore. <laughs> Jamal Williams, Frank Gore, Joe Williams are some sleepers for My you. My second would be Thomas Rawls at this point, but yeah, his ADP okay. is going to push himself too far for me. Favorite breakout running back? Crowell. I'll go Perkins. My my child. Abdullah? We're back on Abdullah? Green. Which one? Abdullah. Yeah, give Amir Abdullah a chance for goodness sake. He can he can catch the ball. He can run with the ball. He's good. He is good. Give him a chance. Uh Blank will be a bust. Marshawn. Beat me to it. Ty Montgomery. Ooh. Uh, that tune changed quick. Well, his ADP and his fumbling are not exactly matching up with what his uh, production is. I'm still not loving Spencer Ware, and I'm definitely not loving Eddie Lacy. Darren McFadden. <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many second-round possibilities when you look at Murray, Howard, Ajayi, Fournette, Todd Gurley, Lamar Miller. Yep. Of those five, and let me say them again, Murray, Howard, Ajayi, Fournette, Gurley, Lamar Miller, who's like 25th in, in CBS ADP, which is what I'm using now. Um, who's, who's the most likely to be a bust? I'll say Miller. Probably, no, um, no. I'm gonna say Ajay. DeMarco. <laughs> I, I just think that there are so many different interpretations of these players. It's gonna be very personal for, uh, for fantasy owners, you know? They're gonna like some of them, they're gonna dislike some of them. Um, alright, I think we should probably go through average draft position now. We do have Team Name Tuesday, which we can get to in a second. But I have to tell you about ZipRecruiter. Really a very useful website for anyone who's looking to hire. If you need top talent, just like we do in fantasy football, please go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT to try this for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. This is the best way to find people for your business. Businesses of all sizes are using ZipRecruiter now. Because unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. That's a, that's amazing. There's no juggling emails or calls to your office. You just screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. And ZipRecruiter allows you to post your job to 100-plus sites with just one click. So it's simple. It's efficient. It's a great offer that you have right now to find the most qualified candidates with immediate results. Our listeners can post their jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. For free! Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time. Try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. David Johnson, ADP, first overall. Le'Veon Bell, second overall. LaShawn McCoy, seventh overall. How do you feel about LaShawn McCoy, seventh overall? And obviously Ezekiel Elliott would have been ahead of him, but he's falling a little bit and he'll keep falling. LaShawn's 29 years old. He had a career year, 5.4 yards per carry, 5.4 yards per carry last year. Coming off a bit of a down year in 2015 where he played just 12 games and was the number 17 running back in standard number 19 in PPR, but he would have been top eight if he had played 15 games like he did in 2015. So he was good, but he wasn't great. Um, are we just, uh, people are really assuming LaShawn McCoy is great and will be great again. Is that a fair assumption? He's going seventh overall. He's starting to get close to that mark of when running backs begin to break down. And I'm not talking about his age. Uh, he will creep up, I believe, on 2,000 career carries later this year. So is that ahead of A.J. Green or Mike Evans? In a PPR, I think it is. Or it's not. I would rather have those receivers. Than you asking me, ADP? Heath? What's that? You're asking me, ADP? Right. You said seventh overall. I just didn't know. Like That's got to yes, be ahead of Green or Evans. One. Maybe it's, both. It's, it's ahead of Beckham right now. In standard. That's... In standard. It's Johnson, Bell, Brown, Julio, McCoy, Freeman, Beckham. And then Elliott, Evans... Yeah, AJ Green's actually pretty low. He's got the 12th highest. Yeah, on CBS. Okay. I misspoke. He's over 2,000 career carries if you include the postseason. Is he safe? Is he safe? He's not the safest, but the upside, especially in this new offense that they're going to work around and the fact that, um, I I think they're going to lean on him even more as a pass catcher than they have in the past. I, I think he's still worth trying in the first round. I would back him up with Jonathan Williams. Seven's too early for me. I'd rather have Green. I'd rather have Evans. And there's one running back I'd rather have, too. There's definitely one other running back I would rather have, so I wouldn't take him at seven. 
he'd be the first running back after the top two for me. But I would still rather have Green and Evans ahead of him. All right, that's LaShawn McCoy. Now, Dave would rather have Melvin Gordon. Heath would rather have Devontae Freeman. And Freeman is eighth overall in ADP. Uh, you know, look, I, I guess my my job is to try to find some vulnerabilities, but this is a guy who was the number one running back in 2015, number seven in standard, number six in PPR last year. He's one of the most involved inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the five each of the last two years. But Freeman is going to be sharing touches with Coleman, and I think he had the 12th most touches among running backs last year. He just doesn't get that much of a workload. Uh, is Devontae Freeman safe as a first-round pick, as the fourth running back off the board? His workload went down significantly last year. He went from 330 or so touches down to two set 280. So he lost 60 touches, and he was still incredibly effective. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry, 8.6 yards per catch. Those were career highs for him, and he had just – an abundance of touchdowns, which really helps in fantasy football when it all comes down to it. There's no reason to believe that he can't continue to give you stats, which is why I think he's pretty safe. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any concerns about him other than I, we're, we're going to do a video about running back regression here a little bit later today. And he's one of the running backs along with LaShawn McCoy and Melvin Gordon. Like I, You've talked about it. It was an amazing year for running backs. Yeah. I expect there will be some regression this year. He's one of the guys I would not expect him to score quite as many touchdowns, but I still think he'll be the third best running back. Okay. Well, the next running back off the board in, in average draft position is Melvin Gordon. I oh, know it's actually Ezekiel Elliott, but that's going to keep trending down, I think. He's ninth overall. Gordon is 12th overall, very end of the first round. Uh, Melvin Gordon... How about this stat for Melvin Gordon? He scored 10 rushing touchdowns. Five of them were from one yard out. Only one rushing touchdown of more than three yards. So nine of them were three yards or closer, and his other touchdown was six yards. So obviously he benefited from uh, just opportunity. Not to say that won't happen this year. I don't know if that that stat was a little concerning to me. I I don't know. I didn't know what to make of it. But Melvin Gordon, as a first-round pick, I'm going to say as the fifth running back off the board because I assume he'll – Go ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, is is that a safe pick, Jamie? Melvin Gordon. Yes, but the touchdowns, if they start to go away and the yards don't come up, it's going to be a little scary. So, what do you think about the catches for Melvin Gordon? I think they'll be right in the same range. I mean, they, look, the the guys behind him, they may have some optimism about Brandon Oliver. They may try and you know see if Andre Williams still has any life left in him, but th- it, it's just such a nondescript group. He was he was very effective for them last year. He's the perfect complement to what this offense is. And so there there's so much to like about him. But if for whatever reason the touchdowns get cut in half, you're going to regret taking him potentially behind McCoy, potentially behind Freeman. I would worry about those touchdowns seriously regressing if that offense, if the passing game wasn't as good. But they they're just loaded. And they're going yeah, to work they could their, throw a couple more. It's just a matter of they're going to work their way into the red zone a ton. And they showed last year that when they're inside sure. the ten and inside the five, it's Melvin Gordon time. Right. They even did it in the preseason. But, he didn't score, but he had carries. I'm just playing devil's advocate. If those go away, he could be in trouble. And that's why I would say he's not safe, just because he is like we don't have a long history of guys rushing for less than four yards per carry two years in a row, like Melvin Gordon did in his first two years, and continually being fantasy stars. Yeah. I know yard per carry is not a, a end-all, be-all of running backs, but that's a mark you can use and say, not usually you need to be more efficient than that when you touch the ball to score a bunch of touchdowns, to continue getting the ball a lot. Right. You want to see a little bit. You want to see some longer touchdowns, not – Five from one yard, four from three yards out, and one from six yards out from Melvin Gordon. I will say, if you want to be a little more encouraged, Phil Rivers did throw 33 touchdowns last year, second highest of his career. So it's not like he, it's not like Matthew Stafford who's 24, you know, it's not like, uh, Gordon was completely robbing Philip Rivers right. of his stats. And Melvin caught two now. of them, one from five yards out, one from 18 yards out. Yeah, and, and, and he did average 4.7 yards per carry, I believe, yeah, in his last five games. Maybe he can continue that, get that going a little bit. 
He was also the fourth most consistent fantasy running back last year. Ten of twelve games with double digits. But that's that's the points. touchdowns, though. It is the touchdowns. Yeah. But I don't think. I, look, the touches will be there. Score quite as many, but I think he'll still be very. So good. would you say over or under twelve? I'll say, I'll, I'll say eleven. All right. To, okay. to sum it up, to I don't sum think it up, big regression. <clears throat> sum it up. We've got so far Johnson, Bell, McCoy, Freeman, and Gordon. Five running backs going in the first round. It's a little bit difficult to, to navigate the Ezekiel Elliott thing. We can talk about it, but if you want to hear more about Zeke, listen to the Monday, August 14th podcast. We did does, talk a does, lot about Zeke. Does taking McCoy, because of the price tag of Williams, which is why I think maybe it's a little bit different than the, the Freeman situation, because of what we saw from Gillisley last year, is there a safety factor with McCoy in that regard? Because if sure. McCoy is out, you get Williams late. By comparison, mm-hmm. there's nothing for Melvin Gordon. Brandon Oliver. He's even cheaper than Jonathan Williams. There's nothing for Melvin Gordon that would make you feel <laughs> I, as comfortable. I feel confident that Brandon Oliver can run for 3.7 yards per carry. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do. Can he burrow for touchdowns? Um, <laughs> that'll be Andre Williams. So. Oh, great. So that's even worse. Yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, it, it, is, point. is there that? Because it's like the same conversation. Let's just say there was no uh, holdout for Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell has a, has a track record of when he misses, the backup does great. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that's the same thing with Arizona. Now, we did see Kerwin Williams. He played well when he got the chance in Week 17 last year when Johnson hurt his knee. Could be Chris Johnson. Could be Kerwin Williams again. But you know that there's a there's a scenario of Le'Veon Bell out, backup good, if not great. I just wonder if that factors in when people are drafting. Like, okay, McCoy's got the age, but he has Williams. Gordon, if he loses touchdowns or gets hurt, because he's missed, he hasn't been able to finish each of the last two seasons. I'm a, I'm SOL. Huh? Right. You're SOL. And if I want to take Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, that's two picks in the first five or six rounds. Do I want to commit to my team buying all in on the Falcons? I'll be SOL with Gordon, but at least I'll have only spent one pick. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, it, but, but you're not would, talking but, about that but much here, with here, Williams and McCoy. But the, the, the thing but with, I'm, I'm still spending just one pick. True. But the thing with Williams and McCoy is if you take Gordon, you're still trying to get John the Williams anyway. Because of but I'm upside. not trying as hard. Um, like, I, I don't, think think the have, I don't necessarily have to try as hard. I think if if, if he's around ten, if he's around ten pick, then I'm taking him around nine. I would take Jonathan Williams around nine to begin with. Without Lashawn McCoy, absolutely. That's good to know for our drafts. You should because he's going to be good if that's McCoy the, goes out. If you're banking on him being old and getting hurt, that would be a guy him. that we talked about. Em, that's a guy who could be a big time player. He could, but I I have such a problem taking handcuffs unless I have like a deep bench. Taking handcuffs of, of guys that aren't even my own running backs. Those are the guys you drop as soon as the buys come around or as soon as an injury comes around. You have no choice. But I get True. it. I mean, I do get the, the upside. You're just hoping for an early injury to LaShawn McCoy. And, yeah, Jonathan Williams would be a good fill-in. All right, round two. Here we go. DeMarco Murray, 15th overall. Jordan Howard, also 15th overall. Jay Ajayi, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley. All right, Murray, Howard, Ajayi, Fournette, Gurley. These are and Ezekiel Elliott's going to be in there as well. But out of Murray, Howard, Ajayi, Fournette, and Gurley, who is your favorite running back? Howard. Howard. Uh, I'm going to say Murray. And Murray. All right, three different answers. See, and I I know that's not the most helpful thing, but I do feel like that's how the general public is going to approach this. They're just, they're gonna have their personal preferences. Jamie, why is JHI your favorite of this group? Uh, well, I mean, I think we saw the upside when he has not a healthy offensive line in front of him. Uh, specifically a healthy Mike Pouncey. And, I like the fact that he was among the league leaders in yards after contact last year. That shows that not only is he doing a good job when he has an offensive line in front of him, uh, a strong offensive line in front of him, but he's also doing a good job in terms of, uh, when he gets to the second level. And I like the fact that they're going to increase his workload as a pass catcher. So we could see that aspect of his game, which I think he's certainly capable of doing. So I I think he has the chance. If you tell me Mike Pouncey 16 games, if you guarantee me that, what we talked about with Gronkowski the other day, he would be my third favorite running back this year. Yeah. We can't, ex- we can't expect that though, right? That's I mean, the hard part. Yeah. It just, it just felt like the situation had to be perfect for Jay Ajayi last year because and why, the reason why I said he reminded me a little bit of Todd, of Todd Gurley, you remember Gurley's rookie season, 2015, he had four amazing games. Since then, he's had one 100-yard game in his last 24 games, and he averaged 3.93 yards per carry in his last eight games of the season after averaging 6.4 yards per carry 
in his first four, excluding six carries. And he he played 13 games, but take out the first game. That was Gurley. You look at Ajayi, and it's kind of similar. You know, uh, he you know he just he had those three four huge games. One of them came because Buffalo had 10 men on the field, and he had like an 80 yard run in overtime or whatever it was. And we know, we know he he wasn't very good other than that. Um, and Heath, that's a concern of yours, right, with Ajayi? Yeah, I do think it has to be well. It could just be if Mike Pouncey plays every game and it doesn't matter who's around him. Or it could be that they, he really needs a very good offensive line. Cause anytime one guy was out last year, it seemed like he was in trouble. No, it was just Pouncey. Um, but so, they should have a good offensive line, right? I mean, I think, I think that's the consensus on this podcast, reading things outside of the CBS world. There seems to be a lot of questions about their offensive line. I think Tunsil's going to have a big year. Actually, I was, uh, uh, listen to a beat writer yesterday said that they are um, very impressed with Isaac Aziata, who's the guy that they drafted. Yeah. To mm-hmm. hopefully be their left guard, they'd signed Ted Larson. Larson hurt his arm. Um, apparently, from all accounts, Aziata's doing a great job. All right, Dave. Why is Jordan Howard your favorite of this group? Because I think he'll continue to deliver consistency. He's got the traits that you look for from a fantasy running back. He's going to play three downs. He's going to catch a bunch of passes. It might not be nearly as many as Johnson and Bell, but he'll continue to get work. The offensive line isn't a liability. The passing game might not be as much of a liability as we first thought. It depends on how quickly the coaches uh, move Trubisky and if Trubisky is more than just a one-week flash in the pan. He was already the 10th most consistent fantasy running back last year. That's if you include uh, his first two games. If you take those first two games out, one of which he was on the bench for most of it, Take out just that one. He would have been number eight in consistency. I think he falls right in line behind all the other um, elite running backs. And I'm not calling him an elite one, but I think he's got a chance to perform as one. Finished second last year in rushing, and he's going to be productive in Chicago. He's going to be the guy at the goal line. So I kind of see traits of Melvin Gordon and George Howard. Yeah, it's just... the. I always have, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate, cause I like to talk about go, these go, guys. Go, it's just the touchdowns. It's just, he's gonna play on a bad offense, and you look at two of the last three seasons, and running backs who played on bad offenses had a hard time finishing top ten at their position, and except for, 2015 was the exception, but that was the weird year where, where there were very few good running backs. But 2014, 2016, pretty much all of the top ten running, most of the top ten running backs were on good offenses. The exceptions were guys like Matt Forte, Jamal Charles, guys who caught a lot of passes. That wasn't something we saw from Howard last year. And he only scored six touchdowns on 252 carries. So I, I kind of feel like he could be sort of like Lamar Miller, except like better per carry, but just same, same concern with Miller. Offense sucks, not going to score a lot. That's my only, that's my big concern with Howard. But he, he's got two good offensive guards that he's running behind. And Howard had a great year. Yeah, the interior of the line is good. He had 5.2 yards per carry. He had a great rookie year. He had two games against the Vikings with more than 135 rushing yards. So I get it. But, but the touchdowns have to be a concern, right? I mean, it's not great. He had seven total. But when you, when you total 1,500, 1,600 yards from scrimmage, uh, you can, you can survive in fantasy without the abundance of touchdowns. Heath, who, your favorite was DeMarco Murray. Why? I actually have DeMarco Murray ahead of Melvin Gordon. I don't really see a huge difference between LaShawn McCoy and DeMarco Murray. The one concern for both of them that I have is they're getting close to that breakdown point. DeMarco Murray's last three years without Chip Kelly. Because <laughs> we're going to th- throw the Chip Kelly year out. He obviously it was obviously a Chip Kelly problem. Fourteen hundred seventy-four yards, ten touchdowns. Twenty-two hundred fifty yards, thirteen touchdowns. Sixteen hundred fifty yards, twelve touchdowns. He is an elite running back. Okay, the the only thing uh, to play devil's advocate is Derrick Henry. Are they going to get him more involved? You look at the last uh, three games of the season. Demarco Murray did not score a touchdown, and Henry had three short yardage touchdowns. Uh, in those three games. So he went three games at the end without scoring a touchdown and still scored 12. Yeah, but I think it was because he was a little banged up. But were they sort of transitioning Derrick Henry into a bigger role that was a bit of a prelude into what we might see this season? Well, the other thing I didn't mention that Murray's done all three of those years is catch at least 53 passes. That's a role that Henry's not going to take. Maybe he gets 260 carries. That's still more than most running backs. Like you take away away 20% of his workload. And say he gets 230 carries. It's still more than most running backs. 
Dave, Jamie, I, I, I'm with you, Heath. I don't really, I feel like, um, maybe earlier this offseason, we were a little too down on DeMarco Murray, and then I, I don't think he's old, and I don't really think he's that injury prone. He did play a little banged up last year. Um, yep, he's only dealt with a broken hand and, uh, and a hamstring injury so far in training camp, but. Well, that's true, but he's played 14, 15, 15, and 16 games in his last four seasons. So. Yeah, I, but he's getting older. He is. But, right, but the workload hasn't caught up with him quite yet. Almost exactly the same age as LeSean McCoy. Oh, no, he's younger. But he doesn't have a guy looking over his shoulder that was drafted in the second round a year ago. Yeah, so that's the, I mean, what if you take Murray and then... There, there's if, two factors with him. If you take Murray, when when do you feel like you have to take Derrick Henry, or do you have to take Derrick Henry? I don't think you have to. No. You should. It's so much easier to pull off in an auction than a draft. <laughs> Well, I no, think, no I think because it's if you get be, Murray first, I'm going to drive the price up on you. If you absolutely <laughs> have to, well, but you're not getting DeMarco Murray for the same price as those other. I think that's what I'm going backs. to do in our auction next week is just nominate McFadden, Derrick Henry, all of the handcuffed running backs before their actual running backs go. Yeah, that that would be interesting. Last you never week, know how that goes down. Last week we talked about drafting Zeke and McFadden and Murray and Henry and just riding those backfields and maybe like one or two other late running backs or something. And you'll have plenty of money left over. That's not a bad strategy. You'll have plenty of budget left over to spend at other positions. My whole question is, are are you doing that with McFadden at the expense of an actual other starting running back? That's where it's getting silly. He's going before guys that are going to start the first six weeks of the season and every game after he's out. I went off subject. I apologize. But, yes, we'll talk more about McFadden um, tomorrow. All right, so I think we've laid out cases for and against Jay Ajayi, for and against Jordan Howard, for and against DeMarco Murray. Let's talk about Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette. Gurley's 23 years old. I want to believe in him. They signed Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. That's got to be a good thing. The early season schedule is just delicious for Todd Gurley. Colts, Redskins, at the Niners, at the Cowboys. Then it gets pretty undelicious. Uh, Dave, give me an adjective food-related. Um, we're talking Seattle at Jacksonville, Arizona, a bye at the Giants, Houston at Minnesota. Smelly. That's a, that's a really tough schedule starting in week five for Gurley. Um, where are you guys on Todd Gurley? Do you believe in him bouncing back this year? He averaged 3.2 yards per carry last year. Pathetic. I wanted to see it from him and his offensive line, and I'm obviously going to give him more than one preseason game, but it's, it did not get off to a good start. Against Dallas's, uh, backups. Yeah, it was very limited. We, we have to throw that out. Yeah, of course. Not enough time. So, I, I'm where only are you throwing on? it out if I see improvement over the next couple of weeks. But if it's, you know, right guard Jamon Brown got pushed around like a shopping cart on the first series and it hurt Gurley. Is that line improved enough? Andrew Whitworth can't play five spots. I want to see what kind of impact Sammy Watkins has. Right, if you're drafting You'll tomorrow, see that in the next two weeks. If you're drafting sure. tomorrow, we can update everything as the preseason unfolds, and we will. But if you're drafting tomorrow on August 16th, or you're drafting this weekend on August, I don't know, 19th or whatever, uh, happy anniversary, mom and dad. Uh, where, where <laughs> are you? What are you doing with Todd Gurley? He's an end of the second round pick, but I, I guess I don't like I don't feel any more confident in Fournette than I do in Gurley. I think they're in very similar situations. Who would you guys rather have, Fournette or Gurley? Gurley. Fournette. Uh, Gurley. Now, I talked about running backs taking a while to break out as rookies or get, you know, carries. I don't think the same rule applies for top 10 NFL draft picks. Uh, Trent Richardson, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley. These guys all finished as top 10 running backs. Gurley did it in 13 games. Uh, as, as rookies, even Trent Richardson, he caught 51 passes as a rookie. He had 12 total touchdowns. Top 10 running backs. I don't know why they're even messing around with Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon. When do you think Len- the Leonard Fournette show begins? Before this foot injury, I would have said first series of week one. And now I'm starting to wonder if the Jaguars are going to be a little, uh, not a little, a lot careful with him. And week one. They'll start to work with Ivory a little more. Week one. They'll be the first carry. I wonder if the reason they're talking about doing that is because they don't know if his foot will hold up to that much work. They said it was, Marone said it's been a nagging thing. Like it's already been a problem already. All right. If, if, if Leonard Fournette gets 220 or more carries this year, where does he finish? Top 10. Well, that, um, I would not. 
goodness, that's only 14 carries a game. Yeah, 220, like 220 or more is a problem when you say that because <laughs> it could be 220 to 320. All right, well, I meant uh, approximately 220, 230. He gets like around so that's 220 than... and catches 30 passes. I'd say he finishes around 10. Let's give him, let's give him 15 a game, 240 carries, 15 a game for 16 games, plus a couple catches a game. Probably score a touchdown. Eight, eight. I mean, it's exciting. If you think Leonard Top Fournette ten. is going to get the workload right away and you're not buying this Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon junk, then I'd love to take him in the second round. Uh, I just don't – like, it's it's still a bad situation. Yeah. It's a bad team and a bad offensive line with a bad quarterback. It is. I guess my theory is, like, if you spend – was he the fifth overall pick, sixth, fourth overall pick? Right. Fourth. Fourth overall pick in the draft. If you spend that, you're showcasing him. Of course. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not doubting that. And he'll get the touchdowns, you know, I think. I don't know, I am think... I off base here? I, I think, I took him, I took him 23rd overall yesterday in a PPR league, Leonard Fournette. I didn't know how I felt about that. I actually wanted to take Ezekiel Elliott. I thought Zeke would come back to me at the second pick of round three, and he didn't. So I regret yeah, you it. Just, you just, you handed the championship to Justin Fialco. Yeah, I should have taken I, I should have taken Zeke twenty third overall because I already had David Johnson, but um I had him at two hundred I was I was trying to look up while you were talking. I had him at two hundred and fifty eight carries and eleventh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he so, safe? Is is Fournette safe no. or why? Because of the There's foot? Nothing safe about him. Okay. Let's finish it with Lamar Miller. We go into the third round, beginning of the third round, twenty fifth overall. How's that ADP sound to you for Lamar Miller? Too soon. I like him a lot in the middle, late third. Yep. That's where I'd consider him. Jamie, you want to weigh in on Lamar Miller? Yeah, no, third round pick. But later third? Early third, third, mid third? Uh, Early to mid. Okay, and it's in a 12-team league. So, all right, I guess I'm asking DeMarco Murray, Howard, Ajayi, Fournette, Gurley, Miller. Anybody that you really want to – okay, you've already said who your favorites are, but – I guess just let's be repetitive if we're being repetitive. Anybody in that group, Murray, Howard, Ajayi, Fournette, Gurley, and Lamar Miller, you really want to own. Really excited about this year. As in I'm targeting? Yeah. No, I'm not targeting any of them. Nope. Jamie? Doesn't mean I don't like them. I'm just not targeting them. Yeah, I'll take them all. Right. You'll be fine with most of them or all of them. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm avoiding all of them. I There's none of them that I'm like... I'm using the word targeting. Targeting means this is a guy I've got to have. Right. You know what I'm saying, right? I've got to have any of them. Like, I feel like like personally I'm targeting Rob Gronkowski in round two. I'm not targeting... I actually really like DeMarco Murray. I kind of... I'm with you, Heath. Like, I don't don't get the hate. Except Jamie made a pretty good case. But... Oh, I'll take him in the the back end of the second round. Sure, yeah. I'm not taking him where I have to take... Where I would take Howard or, or Ajayi, because I think those guys have more upside this year. All right, how about this? How many of these running backs, Murray, Howard, Ajayi, Fournette, Gurley, Miller, are you taking over Rob Gronkowski? Um, Howard and Murray for sure. Just Murray. I think it's just Howard and Murray for me. Jamie, how and many Ajayi. of them? Sorry, Jamie? Good. And Ajayi. So Howard, Murray, and Ajayi for you? Uh, I would take Gronk over Murray. So Howard and Jai. And I, okay, and I will, we'll close it there. And I think it's interesting because that's, we're talking about one of the most injury prone players in fantasy football in Rob Gronkowski. Obviously a huge risk, but more upside than maybe any of these guys just because of position scarcity. More upside to impact your team. And those, and that's the type of, of pick you have to make in round two. Are you going to take Gronk? Or are you going to take these other guys? And that gives you an idea of how risky I think Dave, Jamie, and Heath find those second round and early third round running backs. Let's finish today's show with Team Name Tuesday. From Bad Fantasy Guru, Dalvin and the Chipmunks. Very nice. Mm -hmm. I like it. Non-controversial, good stuff. Zach in Kansas. Who Dak? Oh, Dax Mahomes. No. Urban Dictionary translation. Who is that? Oh, that is my pal. No. (laughs) Okay. From Andreas. Baby got Dak. Dak to the future. A lot of Dak. Yeah, I think you're going to be disappointed when your team is named after a number two quarterback. <laughs> I think Baby Got Dak is very good. He also has Game of Jones with Julio Jones on the Iron Throne, which is very funny. 
Uh, John from a cabana in the Dominican Republic suggests chilling in the Galladay Inn. Uh, Dave doesn't like Galladay Inn. I like it. All right. And uh, finally, Joseph has – he says, get excited, brothers. It's time for some pro wrestling Dave, names. Dave, can you please read get excited, brothers. It's time for some pro wrestling names because he can't do Hulk Hogan. Get excited, brothers. It's time for some pro wrestling names. Thank you. Hunter Hearst Henry. Okay, okay. Very nice. I don't know what any of these mean, I think. Uh, Shinsuke Dakamura? No. Like Dak? See, Dakamura? Dak, Dak finds his way into like anything because <laughs> it's such an easy syllable. Uh, the Over Undertaker. I like that. Yeah. The Over Undertaker. And this one I have no idea. Kenny R. Omega? Yeah, Kenny Omega is a big time independent wrestler. Kenny Romega? But who the hell is he even talking about? Which fantasy player? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Not bad, I'm not sure though. if I know who Over Undertaker is. Well, it's like The Undertaker, but Over Unders. Oh. But it's not named after a play. No, no. No. Still like C-Cup. Okay, we're done for today. Running Back Preview Part 2. We'll get into Round 3 and everything beyond. We won't dilly-dally with strategy. We're just going to talk ADP and talk about these players. Well, we'll talk strategy. But we're going to get right into it at the start of the show. Looking forward to that. For Dave, Jamie, and Heath, I'm Adam. See you later. Exactly. Bye.